EWR Talk Network is not just another talk radio network. We are the champion for important causes and issues like financial literacy. That is why so many people listen to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Lionel is a seasoned veteran in the finance industry, but more importantly, Lionel cares about people. He shares his vast knowledge of the finance world in a personal way that goes beyond dollars and cents with advice that makes sense. So let Lionel help you get your finances in order or avoid costly errors in judgment that may be devastating to you and your family. Listen to the Lionel Shipman Check Your Finances show every Tuesday exclusively on the CWR Talk Network at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 7.30 p.m. Central. Well, hello and welcome to the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show here on the CWR Talk Network, and I am your host, Lionel Shipman. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I want to give a huge shout out and a big thank you to all of my regular listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. For all of my new listeners, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And most importantly, thank God for another day to make a positive difference in the lives of other people. Well, we have another fantastic show lined up for tonight. Uh, Tonight's topic is uh, workplace harassment and bullying. Now, we're going to deal with that topic a little bit, but we're also going to deal with the business side of what my guest uh, is doing through her company uh, uh, regarding uh, workplace harassment and bullying. So stay tuned for that segment. Tonight, if you want you want to have any questions, I can't get my words out tonight. If you have any questions or any comments uh, uh, for me and my guest tonight, you can call in at 917-889-8078. You can call in and give your questions or comments. Again, that number is 917-889-8078. Now, the month of October is the 11th anniversary of Estate and Gift Planning Awareness Month. I am so pleased to support the Financial Awareness Foundation by celebrating the Improving Financial Awareness and Financial Literacy Movement. Now, you can get a free copy of the Personal Finance Publication Set. Now, this set, it includes Smart Money Secrets and the Essential Principles to Smart Money Management, including the Foundation to Personal Finance Knowledge. If you go to the website, thefinancialawarenessfoundation.org, and click on the download, and you can have a copy of that uh, at your uh, leisure. I would recommend you do that. Uh, great information in that uh, publication set. Now, for those that don't know, uh, we are on other platforms. Now, we do the live show uh, uh, here tonight, but all of the replays can be heard on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. So you can always go back and listen to any of the past shows uh, here on the Shape Your Finances show at any time, anywhere, so on any platform. And I know a lot of you have iPhones, so you can get there to do the iTunes. Uh, but if you have Android or any other phone, you can also listen to us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. So we're so pleased, so 
uh, just gracious, uh, humble to be on those other platforms. So, but it it couldn't be it was not possible uh, without all of you. So thank you so much for tuning in, for listening week after week, spreading the word about the show. But uh, I'm so glad we're able to have it the show on all these other platforms, so you can listen in at any time you want to. Now, for those that don't know, I am currently offering financial coaching sessions for students. Yes, for all those students, especially those that are getting ready to go uh, to college or they're finishing up their high school year or they're already in college, I am offering one-on-one sessions with students to address some of the financial topics such as budgeting, understanding debt, especially credit cards. Uh, I'll be talking about the importance of credit, managing a checking account, and being money conscious. If you are interested for your student or for your children to be uh, to take part in those one-on-one sessions with me, you can contact me at shipmanconsulting.com for more details or to go ahead and to schedule uh, sessions for you and your uh, student or children. Again, that's shipmanconsulting.com. Just click on the Contact Us page, and I will respond back with you with the details. Well, tonight, let's get started. My guest found her passion to prevent workplace harassment through a fight for the right to work in an environment free of harassment, discrimination, and retaliatory behaviors. While working in the male-dominated profession of law enforcement, she found herself fighting alone a uh, battle against a system designed to protect only themselves. From her journey of reflection, courage, and strength came a different lighted path and journey, becoming a consultant that assists businesses, organizations, and schools to address and overcome their hostile and unsafe conflicts. Ms. Elena Williams Excuse me. Ms. Alana Williams has over 10 years experience in the criminal justice system, specializing in law enforcement and investigations. Since 2013, she has been a criminal justice instructor at her alma mater, the one and only Alabama State University. She has an instructor development certification from the FBI, and she is a certified EEO, which is Equal Opportunity Equal Employment Opportunity Investigator. Her educational background consists of a master's degree in criminal justice from Faulkner University and a BS degree in criminal justice from Alabama State University. Let's welcome to the show tonight, Miss Alana Williams. Hello, Alana. How are you? Hello. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. You know, it, it... it, it, I always uh, stumble over Alana and Elena because I know both Alana and Elena's in my life. <laughs> okay, you have two. <laughs> got you. Yes, 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 yes. Well, let's get started, Alana. Um, while we got the time, this is a, a a great topic tonight. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I want to talk about the business uh, uh, side, but then we want to also delve into the topic of harassment and bullying. So if you would, I always, yeah, I always ask this question of, of my guest uh, just to kind of get their story of how they grew up with money. Will you please share your story, your money story growing up? 
Um, well, my money story is quite simple. Um, we didn't have any. Um, I grew up in a, I mean, I mean, really, I grew up in a born and raised Cincinnati, Ohio, um, and I grew up in an all-black community, which happens to be um, an impoverished community, meaning poor. Um, uh-huh. So with that, I have very, very humble beginnings um, where we didn't have, and um, unfortunately, that is the beginning of my story. That is the beginning of my um, my money journey. Uh, we got a lot of help and assistance from um, public assistance, from family, friends, and my mom and dad. Um, they just did the best that they could do, um, you know, being just being parents. Absolutely. And I'm quite sure you learn a lot of principles uh, through those experiences as well, though, and it made you into the person that oh, you are today. Most definitely, most definitely, I don't regret it uh, because when, when you grow up without, um, you tend not to miss other things, and just just as importantly, you tend to um, you can live without. And so you know how to get things done with what you do have. And so I can definitely attribute that to um, growing up, being a business owner, um, just being, a, a you know, coming up in my 20s as a young adult. So I can definitely relate to it. I don't regret it. Um, it was just, it, it shaped me to be who I am. It was a challenge not to grow up, um, not having necessarily everything that we wanted and and everything that we need and the struggling, the struggles of two young uh, parents. But again, I don't, I I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it at all. Fantastic. Fantastic. I always look at, uh, it's not always uh, where you start or how you start. It's how you're running the race now and how you're going to finish the race. So, but uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now tell us oh, how Yeah. Now tell us about your business and what or who influenced you to start your business and how was that transition coming from working into becoming a business owner? Okay. Well, um as far as being a business owner, that wasn't necessarily my first choice. But I always knew that um, I was going to be a business owner somehow. I just didn't know what. Um, okay. I grew up being um, being policing, being my childhood dream, and I'm so blessed because I was able to do that because a lot of people don't get to say that they actually got to do what they dreamed to do. Um, gotcha. So. I um, went to school for criminal justice because that's all I wanted to talk about was law enforcement. Um, And I got into policing. I just celebrated my 10th year anniversary over the summertime. And through that, um, everyone understands that, you know, policing is a male-dominated field. And so uh, basically what happened, I went to college. Um, I got out of college. I went to become a police officer. And the day that I walked in, um, my department, I had every intentions on staying. I had every intentions on retiring. I had every intentions on advancing in rank. But God had another plan. So with that being said, um, 
for the first, um, I would say for the first seven to eight years of law enforcement, I didn't have any issues uh, with coworkers until I got one particular supervisor. Um, this particular supervisor was so negative. He was so hostile. Um, he used to, he often referred to women in a derogatory statement. And if you can think of a word to call a woman to degrade them, to um, degrade them, disrespect them, he has said it on a weekly basis. Wow. And I was subjected to this type of um, hostile working environment for probably about a year and a half. And it wasn't anything that was not known. This was a person that that's just how he grew up. Um, and that was the that was the culture at that that particular department where supervisors allowed him to talk like that. And even myself, I felt like, well, as long as he wasn't referring to me directly um, about it, then it was okay. Until that one day he referred to me mm. in, in in such a derogatory manner, um, and it was something that it was overheard. And so I had to make a decision of am I going to stand up for myself, knowing that it's going to be a hard fight, knowing that they're going to most likely protect him, um, knowing that they're going to most likely retaliate, or am I going to just, you know, go to work and act like it never happened? And so I decided to stand up for myself. And so with that being said, uh, all of the above happened. Um, I was retaliated against. I was moved from my division. I was um, I lost different things. I lost my mark home take home uh, my take home car, which I had a permanent um, part time job. So I lost thousands of dollars because I wasn't able to do this. Uh, I went to the EEOC, uh, filed a complaint. Then they I got moved again. And I, at that time, I was um, a female that was advancing in rank. I was a corporal rank. And the literally the day after that. They received notice. I filed an EEOC complaint. I found myself at an X-ray machine in an isolated part of the county, um, wow. checking purses for forty hours a week. Wow! Uh, it was a very, it was a very belittling um, journey. Embarrassing. Um, again, still hostile, but I continued to fight because I knew that um, I knew that I was in the right. And so regardless of when people, and this is one of the things that I, I, I teach people, is that re- regardless of what people do, because people will retaliate, right? And people mm-hmm. will manipulate and people will manifest negative things. As long as you're standing in your right, you're always going to come out on top. And so why they thought that they were being smart, why they thought they were being um, you know, retaliating, and right. it was it was a matter of me having to stay in my place. They were trying to put me in my place. And so with that being said, during the same time that they isolated me, I, 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 I started to have a spiritual journey to make me understand that that place was not the place that I was supposed to stay. Because mind gotcha. you, I thought day one I was going to spend the next 25 years there. That's what I was right. set on. And so gotcha. there was other plans for me. And so 
I truly believe, I truly, truly believe that, unfortunately, you know, God will put things in your life to make you move a certain way. Had Mm. this not happened to me, or had it not happened to where it was so hurtful, it was so stressful that I, I still wouldn't have got up to leave, or I still wouldn't, you know, just steer my thoughts to go uh, other places. And so right. with that being said, I didn't leave right away. Uh, they closed the investigation. They took six months. Um, and even at that time, they, they said, hey, well, you could go back to your division with the supervisor, or you could stay where they where you at. And, again, I still stood up for myself. So guess what I did, Lionel? I went right back to that division. I went right back to that division, and I worked directly with that supervisor again. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, yeah, I'm amazed all that you went through and, and yeah, to hear that. Oh, oh it, you, it'll be a whole other show to even just go through the specifics of the – just really the day-to-day struggle. But yeah. every t- again, every time when when you decide to fight a battle of workplace harassment, you have to fight. There's it, it, you you have to you have to you have to understand that there are going to be so many type of negative things that are going to be thrown towards you, and so that was one of the things that was one of the things that I was letting them know. You are not going to handle me like this. You think you won. You think this funny, but guess what? Now you're going to have to look for me, look at me another 40 hours a week. And so wow. I went back to that division. I wasn't looking for any anything on this supervisor because I already knew um, that he's going to, you know, he's going to dig a hole for him, himself. And this is not even right. the first time that he um, got in trouble. The first time when he should have been fired, when he called, um, you know, he referred to a black person as, as the N-word as a deputy sheriff, and they didn't fire him then, years Mm -hmm. prior. So, again, this is a person that has very low character uh, about people, about minorities, about women in general. And so with that being said, um, I went back to that division, and I I just realized it wasn't the same. My spirit was broke, and I started losing passion for the job. And so once I did, once I realized I started losing passion for the job, at that time, I was teaching at my alma mater, the, the, the famous HBCU, Alabama State University. Yeah, <laughs> I okay. I teaching there. Yeah, you know, we got to represent them hornets. Um, but, yeah, I was teaching there as an adjunct for um, multiple years, and my, my department chair had already started talking about, like, a year prior, hey, I want you to come on full time. The students really like you. They get it hey, I want you to come and work for me. And so they end up offering me a full-time position as um, an instructor of criminal justice. And so I've been doing that for the last two years. And so with that being said, um, most of you know that, you know, your your professors only have to be on campus a certain amount of time. And so right. just with my, my office hours and my and my class time, I was like, wait a minute, I have a lot of times on my, a lot of time on my hands. And so... I immediately started to just go in business mode. I was like, okay. what can I do to make a little money? And so I just started thinking about, okay, I'm going to do something that I have a passion for. 
I want to do something that I have a love for. Um, and so I was like, wait, I'm going to start my own PI firm. And that's what I did. And so as far as the transition, um, oh, my goodness, it was a lot, a lot of work because even though I had um, uh, intense or extensive extensive law enforcement background, um, I still had to get a certification as an EEO investigator. I had to become licensed as a private investigator. And so as I started my business, I realized I didn't want to do the surveillance of cheating husbands, of cheating wives and girlfriends and things like that. And so I involved my business around uh, workplace harassment investigations because I was like, wait a minute. That's part of the problem that we're having in these, in these, you know, in these employers with employers, is that employers do not offer the victim and the accused an impartial investigation. Because how can you have an impartial investigation when there's most likely some type of working relationship between one, if not all, the parties that involved in the investigation? And so. Wow. That's how it. That's how I originally started with my business. So now that's what I do. I am able to come in, and I am able to conduct an investigation on the behalf of a company as a third party, as an independent, as a neutral party of any complaint of workplace harassment to include sexual harassment, retaliation, and discrimination. And so I built my business around that. And then with my teaching background, I realized, like, wait a minute, one of the things we need to do to prevent workplace harassment is to do prevention. Let's, I need to show these businesses, show these schools, how do we keep their employers, how do, they, how do we keep their employees and their students safe? And so it just started constantly, constantly transition. And then just like uh, meeting you on LinkedIn, um, mm-hmm. I've had people reach out to me to say, hey, I see your credentials, and these were school counselors, these were school principals, and say, hey, can you build me a program? Can you build me a bullying program? Can you build me a student engagement dealing with cyberbullying? And then it became sexy. Now I have the school that reached out to me want me to do something on social media dangers. So basically what I do, I tell businesses and I help schools to address any hostile conflict. On the work side, it's going to be your workplace harassment, your discrimination, your uh, retaliation, your sexual harassment. And then on the school side, your hostile conflicts are going to be the things that um, are dangerous to the students. So, again, the bullying, the cyberbullying, bullying, special needs students, suicide prevention, um, drug use, and dependency. So these are some of the things that, even though I deal with two separate audiences, that mm-hmm. they still both help bring a safe environment back to the back to the the clients that I'm working with. Wow, that's you have a very uh, it's such a a uh, touching sto- uh, story uh, of where you came from in the environment itself. I mean, you were a victim of it, and now, uh, now you are a consultant now where you're able to teach businesses and companies and organizations and schools how to. Now, I, I love that. You've been there, done it, and now you're able to teach 
against it going forward. So I absolutely I, I love I love I love the the history of where you came from and what you're doing right now. I applaud you because this is a, a topic that has been in the news uh, more so now than ever, and it's, it's, it's yet need to be taught, it yet need to be discussed, not only in the workplace, but also in the classroom. So I applaud you yes. uh, uh, for doing that. So, so on, on that note, I have, I have a lot of different questions that I would like to ask. Uh, in your own opinion, what is the outlook of harassment and bullying in the workplace currently, you know, with everything well, that's going on uh, now? Well, one of the things uh, professionally that I see and what I hear is that uh, workplace harassment and bullying is not taken seriously um, because a lot of times your manager, your leadership personnel, and your supervisors are the ones who are committing these inappropriate and unsafe behaviors. And so it's unfortunately, um, it, is a, it, it is a problem to where statistics show that 70, 70 to 90% of people say that they have experienced workplace harassment in one of their employees. Hmm. That's a lot, and that's really, excuse me, that's really ridiculous. It's harmful. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's awful. So when you talk about, so when you're talking about what the climate climate looks looks like, the climate is that this happens from business to business, from door to door, and of course, I'm not saying that each and every business operate like this, but right. the bottom line is if your leadership starting at the top, does not care about workplace harassment and does not address it, then you're going to have it. It starts, it definitely starts at the top. And so I get people that reach out to me all the time, all the time on LinkedIn, like on a weekly basis with these Mm -hmm. super long, you know, paragraphs. (laughs) This is what's going on. Can you help? And it's so unfortunate because, um, a lot of times what's also happening is that the people are aware that they are committing um, workplace harassment, and they are aware that they're being discriminatory. They are aware that they're being, um, that they're retaliating against people. So a lot of times what the business would, would do, because exactly what happened in mine dealing with the government agency, they're going mm-hmm. to indirectly retaliate against you because they don't want you to stand up for yourself. They don't want you to tell on their friends. They don't want you to tell on them. They don't want, they don't, and then a lot of times your managers don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to address it. And so they feel like it's easier to just get rid of that person because that person is a, um, they start, you know, they start problems too much. And yeah, so troublemaker. Which is, yes, definitely. Like they're troublemakers. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. this is just not the way to handle it. And when you have people like this that's in leadership positions, they don't know how to deal with it. They are the ones that are actually committing the acts. And unfortunately, I have I have met a lot of leadership personnel 
that don't understand what workplace harassment is and don't understand that sometimes the things that are done or not being done can be considered workplace harassment. So it's just about being ignorant and ignorant being not knowing. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to switch gears just a tad bit. I'm going to go back to the business piece again. Now, what are some challenges that you have faced uh, being in business for yourself? Uh, have you had any financial challenges? And if so, how did you overcome those? Uh, definitely. I, I mean, I wouldn't even be, you know, talking the truth if I said that there was, that I haven't had any challenges or any struggles. Um, one is just understanding that, um, I had to teach myself my business because I did have a mentor that I was working with um, in Atlanta that was the typical PI type of business. But when I started to transition more to the workplace harassment and the prevention training, I didn't have a mentor. And so I had to teach myself. I had to read books, read articles. I had to uh, start networking to understand what it took to be a business owner, and not only a business owner, but a successful business owner. Because I okay. think what's very important to me is what my my clients and my potential clients think about me and my business. That's important to me, and I say that to say we often. Um, even like you may know people that have their own business, but they're not doing it um, in a professional manner. How we say, you know, they're doing it in a bootleg manner, right? Yes. Uh-huh. I'm not going to do that. And so my first challenge was understanding and learning how to, to be a business owner, being in that mindset. Um, definitely my second um, obstacle would be my financial startup because, mind you, I was not that business owner that had a, a a plan that I was working to, I was kind of forced to a different path. To, gotcha. to you know, yeah, being forced to a different path. And so when I when I ventured to start my business, um, I didn't have um, I didn't have a savings account, and the little savings that I did have, I was willing to put that into my business. So it was definitely a financial hardship there, Um, but I believed in myself. I believed in myself. And even my first two years, I took tens of thousands of dollars of loss just to get my business where it's at, to get it up and going and now making a profit. Oh, good. See, fantastic. Uh, Tried and true. Sometimes we have a rough start. But uh, you put forth the work and the effort uh, to make it successful, and now you're at a profitable state and enjoying uh, uh, great levels of success. So I applaud you again. This right. is, I, yeah, I, th- this has been great because you know when I when I ask you about be, being a guest here on the show, you know, talking about um, harassment and bullying, you know, those are two very important topics. But I also want to make sure that I talk about from a business standpoint, because if you don't have the business uh, in order with the finances and all, it's kind of difficult to run that business. So you're able to go out and do the teaching uh, regarding harassment and regarding bullying. So so thank you for for sharing that. 
yeah. Most definitely. Now, and one of the things. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. Oh, oh most definitely. And, and one of the things that I'm. And it's funny because one of the things that I learned in while I was becoming a licensed private investigator, it specifically taught me in my course that hey most PI agencies fail within the first three years. And so I through that teaching, I already knew that just because I opened up a business, that doesn't mean that the, the phone will start ringing. That doesn't mean that I'm going to automatically <laughs> right. have that clientele, right? And so right. what I learned, but what I learned through that, I kept making, um, I kept making products. I kept making my products better. I kept investing in myself. Um, and one of the things when I really realized, like, wow, this is something that is going, it's hard. And when I tell you I truly understand the term now that if it was easy, everybody would do it. Mm-hmm. It, That's right. It, it's, it's an understatement with being a business owner. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one of the things I realized that um, now that um, I needed a business consultant, I needed a bit, I needed help because I I knew again it was about me teaching myself my business, but I wanted to package my business and I wanted to package my products to where that what you see is what you're gonna get, and then my business flourished off of referrals. And so now that I'm at the, this point of this is the quality and this is the high quality product I want to put out, I needed someone to get me there. And I believe uh, Ms. Felicia Charlton has been on your show before. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Felicia Charlton, she's with Charlton and Charlton. Um, she is actually my, um, my business development coach. She's actually a personal and business uh, development coach. And so she has been a super, 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 and super, super, um, just a valuable resource to me as a business owner and just being able. And one thing I love about her, um, did you ever watch the show um, Olivia Pope with um, Scandal? I've seen some, yes, yes. Yes, I have. Okay. Uh Now, I always tell Ms. Charlton what I love about her. She's a fixer. And what I mean by fixer, no matter what problem I've ever had, she has always able to, she's always able to say, well, try this, 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 and this. If this doesn't work, try this, 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 and this. So she was always, like, immediately, she's always able to give me um, solutions to problems and challenges that I have. And because she's objective, um, you know, and, and she's not emotional about it, and sometimes that definitely helps to, and you know, dealing with challenges and struggles. So, I mean, the even with the financial part of it, of her saying, hey, you have to invest in yourself. Okay, these are the things that you're going to have to start putting money in to make your business work easier. And so she prepared me and taught me that, Alana, you're going to need a reputable accounting software. 
okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to need your business line of credit. You're going to need all of these financial things that's in place, it, along with just, you know, your business development and, and refer right. me to different um, softwares and stuff that just makes my life so much easier in the end. So oh, definitely um, just teaching myself and having a business, uh, a business coach to help, you know, me through, through business struggles, my financial struggles has definitely helped. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Now, as we're winding down, we got probably a good uh, five minutes or so. Uh, would you kind of give some pe- some parental tips uh, just to kind of, you know, maybe one or two or three different tips that, uh, that can uh, help parents um, around the subject of bullying, especially for our children uh, in school? Uh, what can you provide to us as parents to give to our children just in case if they come in contact with a bully or or either either through their their relations with their other friends uh kind of give us some tips tonight of how to address it yes most yeah most definitely um one of the things um when i when I do program specifically uh for parents is to first I have to get them to get them to understand what bullying is, what it looks like. Um, because a lot, a lot of times, even just like our students, even so with parents, certain acts or certain behaviors that their their student, their child may go through, they may not understand that it's bullying. Because a lot of people think bullying is just physical contact only. And that's not true. So with that being said, if a parent um, needs to understand or, or recognize the signs of bullying because there are some signs that may indicate that a child may be going through bullying, and that's going to be things like unexplained injuries, a change in their mood, change in their eating habits, sleeping habits, uh, declining in grades, not wanting to go to school, not wanting to be bothered with certain friends or social um, situation. So these are some of the signs that parents need to recognize that, hey, mm-hmm. something may be going on. And then okay. if you, um, if a parent believes that their child is being bullied or if their child come home and say, hey, I'm being bullied, one of the first things that the parent needs to do is talk with the teacher slash principal guidance counselor immediately. And one of the things I always tell them is that when you talk with them, this meeting needs to be one-on-one in faith, and then you always follow up. Because one of the things the parents miss out is documentation. And so you, and I know you can understand just being in the professional world, people don't like documentation when it comes to things that they should have done and didn't do. And so when you follow up with the school, you need to follow it up with the documentation to the teacher, hello, Ms. Such and Such, thank, thank you for meeting me on Such and Such to discuss the issues of my child being bullied in the circumstances. I appreciate your time. So now you've documented, you know, whether they reply or not, we don't care. There's documentation. We want to, gotcha. as a parent, you want, you want to keep records. Um, if your teacher is not proactive, you go to their go to her supervisor, which is most likely a assistant principal. If that assistant principal is not being 
uh, proactive, you go to the principal. If that principal is not being proactive, you go to your school board. When, when you're gotcha. standing up for yourself in a fight, you're going to have obstacles by people and just obstacles that you can't control in your way. And so you just have to you have to understand what can I do next or who do I go around to talk to. Um, okay. Always just put your um, put everything in writing. Um, and as far as you know, just just additional tips with dealing with your child uh, to build a great relationship with your child to have that trust. Because a lot of times our students are not coming to talk to their parents, and so yeah. that is that often can become a problem, you know, when a parent finds out, oh, my goodness, this has been going on for the last year and I didn't have an an idea. Um, Good. uh, Lastly, lastly, I want parents to understand that cyberbullying is also a form of understanding that that is a form of bullying. Cyberbullying is any type of aggressive, hostile, derogatory comment I don't care if it's by email. It could be an email, a text message. Um, every All the students are using instant messages, a social media post, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, anything that's done by a computer, done by a phone. That is actually becoming more of a increasing number when we talk about statistics. So right. those are some of the things that our parents need to understand and just okay. understand. Yeah, just basically understand and be able to um, hopefully identify some of these triggers and start to ask questions and intervene on behalf okay. of your child. Perfect. All right, real quickly, give us your contact information and website uh, before we conclude. Great, great. Again, my name is Alana Williams. I am the owner of JA Investigative Services. Um, and my website is www.jainvestigativeservices.com, and we can be reached at 334-721-3970. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alana, for being here tonight. Not a problem. Thank you for the invitation. I truly enjoyed it. Good. Perfect. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. You can catch my show every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you've missed any of the past episodes, visit my website. I have a gallery of all my past guests and all the different topics that we have talked about. Now, I want you to remember these words regarding your money and your life. Give cheerfully. Spend carefully and invest wisely. Take care, Alana. Thank you very much for the invitation. I I truly enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, you're more than welcome. All right, let's go out with a little jazz music before we cut off here. But we will talk to you next week, and thank you so much again for tuning into the Lionel Shipman Shape Your Finances show. Now, we're going to go out with a little bit of who I want tonight, a little Everett Harp. Take care, everyone. Thank you.